Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to this special edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. Um, I will have a normal broadcast this Sunday. We'll talk all things uh, sports related and every other thing. But this is a special edition of the Chris Carpenter Show, and this is all about the Trek, the Star Trek. I'm going to give you my Star Trek Picard season three review and ultimately my series review of Star Trek Picard. And then we are going to have a uh, kind of a discussion on kind of the state of Star Trek. There's been some major news come out the past uh, few weeks and um, there's also some rumors flying around um, um, as far as some potential future Star Trek projects. And then we will get on down the road. So, so Thursday was the series finale of Star Trek Picard. And season three um, ended. This was season three of Star Trek Picard. And it is, it is by far the best season that Picard had. Um, so those of you that have not watched any of the Star Trek Picard series... Um, couple things I want to let you know if if you plan on watching seasons one and two which I will tell you season three you do not have to necessarily watch season one and two to really understand three because season three is essentially it is a reunion miniseries slash if they did a season eight of Star Trek the Next Generation um, which is part of the reason it made it so awesome so I think the knock against the first two seasons of Picard is I think there were many fans that were expecting, you know, when the announcement was made that Patrick Stewart was coming back to the Star Trek franchise and they were going to do this this series and then it ended up being called Star Trek Picard, that this was going to essentially kind of be a next generation follow-up series. And seasons one and two, it wasn't. It it was truly a series about Picard, who Picard was, his past, his struggles. Um, and, you, I mean, you had some Next Generation stuff sprinkled in there. You know, season one, you had an episode with uh, Riker and Troy appearing. You know, Brent Spiner was in both season one and two. Um, parts of season one, he's playing Data. Season two, he's playing a completely different character. Um, Q was in season two. You also got Seven of Nine back into the franchise, and she is in season three as well, which we'll talk about in just a minute. But I think many many fans that grew up on The Next Generation, you know, someone like me, who my introduction to Star Trek was The Next Generation, that's, that's my, you know, that's my introduction to the franchise, really got excited about this and thought, oh, we're gonna get we're gonna get a whole, you know, new next generation plot line. And that's just, it was especially true because, you know, unlike the original series crew with Star Trek Six, the Undiscovered Country, you never really had a send-off for the next generation crew. You know, you had Nemesis, they kill off data, um, they were supposed to do another movie, and Nemesis did so poorly the movies went away for seven years, and when they came back, they basically rebooted everything with the Abrams movies. And so you never really got any sort of closure with um, the Next Generation crew. 
Now, having said all that, I think if you're a Star Trek fan, I think there are things you can appreciate about seasons um, one and two of Picard. Um, there are certainly major problems. You know, season two is a time travel caper. Um, you also had Guinan in there as, as well. Um, you know, you they're, – they're entertaining. Are they the best of Trek? No, they're not. Which brings me to season three of uh, Picard. Season three, like I said, it is – I'm really wanting to watch it now, like binge watch it because, um, you know, it came out weekly. But I think through binge watching it, I mean, it's essentially – it is a – final adventure, final movie for this Next Generation crew. And you brought back all of the Next Generation crew members. Um, Seven of Nine is also back. And it is a it is a story of basically this crew of the Enterprise has to save the day again. And if you're Star Trek, if even if you are an original series fan, <clears throat> or you like Voyager, there's stuff in here for you. I mean, this was a this was a love letter to the 90s Star Trek era in a lot of ways, and it it was good. It was very good. Um, I thought you saw a different Picard this season than the last two. You know, Picard was a little bit angsty in seasons one and seasons one and two didn't feel as confident. I don't think you saw that here. Now, certainly, he had to deal with personal stuff. Um, with um, and and FYI, spoilers, spoilers abound. Um, so, if you have not watched season three, actually, let me back that up. I'm not going to give spoilers, um, but there are actually, I am going to give spoilers uh, because there are opinions I got to give on some of them. You know, so Picard has to one of the first revelations that Picard has to deal with is he has a son with Dr. Crusher and the whole, the whole conflict in the story starts with Dr. Crusher coming back asking help for Admiral Picard. And so they get there. Voila. We've got this guy, Jack Crusher. He's Beverly's son, but everybody knows up. Oh, he's Captain Picard or he's Admiral Picard's son. And, you know, I will say this, it makes sense, obviously, when we get to the end of the season, that he had to be Picard's son, but I, I at first was like, oh, that's kind of cheesy, why does, why is there, I mean, it's, it's one of those plot tropes that, that shows do all the time, where, oh, magically, they, they have a son they never knew about, you know, um, so that part was kind of irritating, um, so you, you brought Picard back, Riker, came back see uh episode one and then like slowly slowly but surely you start kind of unfurling the rest of the next generation cast um wharf is a he is a different wharf than you saw in next generation in deep space nine um in a lot of ways he's used as comic relief which some of sometimes that worked sometimes it didn't it was an interesting wharf um you brought back LaForge and, and, you know, LaForge's daughter is the ensign on the Titan, which is the starship that they are basically flying around in. I will, um, I will tell you this about the USS Titan characters. The captain of the Titan stole the show. Uh, captain Shaw, he is a very different captain 
than we've ever seen in in a Star Trek franchise before. And I I loved it. I thought it was a great character, great portrayal, um, very different type of captain than than we've seen before. Um, And then obviously you end up with, uh, um, you know, uh, you end up with Troy coming back. And then they do find a way to bring back data that it's kind of interesting because it's a different version of data than than we've ever seen. Data's basically in a human type body now. He has emotions. It's it's a different data. And so it all kind of culminates um, by episode eight, all of these next generation characters together, and they've got to face a threat. And the threat initially is, and this was what uh, something that I thought was very interesting. The threat initially was the changelings. Uh, it was a group of changelings. So if you were a Deep Space Nine fan, you know all about the changelings and how big of a threat they were. Um, that basically they want to seek revenge on the Federation. Now, here's a disappointing one of the disappointing things for me um, about this season is you you utilize the changelings as a villain, but you really don't have any sort of Deep Space Nine references any deep space nine characters come about i found that part to be a bit disappointing um i know i mean obviously renee aubergine is dead um so you can't bring back odo um you know nog has passed on as well um cap uh, avery brooks for all intents and purposes is retired from acting but you know i thought you could bring back you know karen Reese, bashir uh you could have bashir be the guy that you know, helps figure out how the changelings are working. I just thought you you missed the boat a little bit with with the lack of Deep Space Nine, which that's been a source of frustration with all of these new treks. With the exception of one Lower Decks episode, Deep Space Nine has kind of been largely forgotten, which I think is a shame. Um, I think there's a lot of interesting stories you could tell with, you know, even the Deep Space Nine characters that are you could still access because their actors or actresses are willing to come in and play. They've not passed away. I think you could tell some stories, and I think Lower Decks showed that, by the way. Um, so anyway, you know, the Changelings initially are the main villain. Fun, you know, the whole the way that they did the Changelings, who do you trust? They even brought in Tuvok for a cameo, but it really wasn't Tuvok. He was a Changeling. Um, yeah. Fun, fun, fun. Uh, you know, they even go to the Fleet Museum, which is where LaForge is, is stationed at now. So we get, I mean, we get to see a glimpse of the Defiant, Voyager. I mean, it's just, yeah, awesome, awesome stuff. Um, and then ultimately, the big revelation is that the Changelings are helping the Borg out. And Jack Crusher is basically a weapon he has all you know he has borg dna because his dad's picard and so they are they are going to assimilate the federation on this frontier day and so we end up getting to frontier day we get to see the enterprise f for the first time on screen and very quickly things go awry with uh, admiral shelby in command and the entire federation is assimilated save for our heroic 
next generation crew. And so they have to skedaddle. Jordy has been working on a project since he's in the Fleet Museum. And yes, I know it's fan servicey. I don't care. It was still awesome. The what he's been working on is the Enterprise D. And so see episode nine, the 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 second to last episode ends with the seven mem- seven crew members on the Enterprise D, and the Enterprise D is going to have to be the ship that takes out the Borg, and we get a great episode ten. They beat, they defeat the Borg. Seven of Nine becomes a captain, because unfortunately Shaw, he dies in episode nine. That was another disappointment of mine. I really would have loved to see that Captain Shaw character kept alive because um, we'll talk in a minute. I think there's potential for a spinoff to come out of this season of Picard. And then we get the Titan being rechristened. It's the Enterprise G, Captain Seven of Nine, Jack Crusher's serving on it, LaForge's daughter serving on it. You got a spinoff there. And then we have a fun tagline with Q and Jack Crusher. Um, ultimately, it was a fantastic season of Picard. It's I think it's by far the best season that Picard produced. Um is is there elements of it was fan service? Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. But I, I think there has been a a a significant con- contingent of Star Trek fans that haven't embraced the newer Star Trek series, and I think part of it is Discovery has been very. Um, I don't want to say it's Discovery's being divisive, but there has been a, a lot of division among fans about discovery and some of the things that have happened. Um, and I think it kind of got off this new era of Star Trek on the wrong, off, on the wrong foot for many Trek fans. I think this season three of Picard can serve as a little bit of a, let's have a bridge to bring in some of the Star Trek fans that are a little bit of resistant, um, and aren't as big of a fans of the new Star Trek series that we've gotten. Um, it lays the groundwork for a spinoff, and there's obviously been a, a lot of fans calling for a show, a Star Trek legacy show. Um, even Terry Metalis, who's the executive producer, showrunner of Picard this season, has basically said, yeah, we want to do this. I think there's a very high likelihood you will see some sort of spinoff um, of this 25th century era because there aren't any other Star Trek projects that are visiting this era. And so I think you set it up perfectly with, you know, the inter- you could do a show with the Enterprise G. You've got Jerry Ryan, Captain Seven of Nine. You've got Raffi as her first officer. You've got the LaForge daughter, Jack Crusher. I, I think you've got potential there. Um, I think certainly you can you can if you go in that direction, then you know you've got all sorts of people to play with in the Star Trek world. Um, I think you know any of the people that are from the '90s era series that are still alive and are willing to make an appearance could be fair game for this type of show. Um, the other big disappointment, and it wasn't necessarily a disappointment, but it was a, it was a surprise because they name-dropped her a lot in Picard Season 3, is we didn't get an appearance out of Janeway. Um, I think probably most likely they 
that that might have been a decision made because they don't want Janeway fatigue syndrome to set in. You've got Janeway on Prodigy um, doing her thing. Um, but, you know, I still think it would have been cool, you know, to have her be the one to give, you know, promote Seven of Nine um, to captain. But, oh, well, I, I don't think it negates everything with the season three of Picard. It was just a little bit of a surprise to me. But so we're kind of going to kind of kind of have to stay tuned and see what happens as far as is there going to be a Star Trek uh, spinoff come out of this Picard s- series? Certainly, I think all indicators are there will be. Um, I think, you know, this was a very popular um, season of Star Trek, and I think you you're going to have fans really, really clamoring for it. So would not be surprised if we do have some sort of announcement. I don't know when. I'm not saying it's going to be next week or whatever, but I, I definitely could potentially see some sort of announcement take place where, yeah, there is. I don't even know, I don't even know if they'll call it Star Trek Legacy. You know, you could call it Star Trek. I don't know. I don't know what you call it. I was thinking you'd call it Star Trek Titan because you could do – the Titan, but then they made that the Enterprise. Um, so we'll just have to, have to st- stay, uh, kind of wait and see. So we're going to take a break, um, and when they come, when we come back, I'm going to talk kind of state of Star Trek and talk about some of the other uh, series coming up. And welcome back to this special edition of Star Trek, or excuse me, of the Chris Carpenter Show. Um, so what I want to kind of end with is. Let's talk kind of state state of Star Trek, kind of some of the upcoming projects that are coming up. We've had some major developments um, since I last did a state of Star Trek back in the summer. Um, obviously, the next big drop is going to be the season two of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Uh, that will premiere on June 15th. Captain Kirk, or it's not going to be Captain Kirk, Lieutenant Kirk, it'll be Kirk's character. He is going to be a recurring character this season. They made that announcement yesterday. Um, that's also coupled with the announcement that we're going to get a Lower Decks um, crossover. You know, Strange New Worlds certainly, I think, has been the most Star Trek-y of, of the um, new shows. It's an episodic um, television show. Um Unlike the other ones, which are more serialized, we they also have already been renewed for a third season, so we will see um, more adventures. I, I'm looking forward to Strange New Worlds coming back. I loved season one. Um, like I said, I think it's the more it's the most uh, kind of faithful to the original formula of Star Trek. Um, it's kind of like the original series, but with actual good production quality. Um, and so I think it's going to be a great season two. We'll get Lower Decks season four coming up. Um, Lower Decks, again, you know, I've talked about it before on this podcast. 90s Star Trek fans, it's a love letter to you as well. I mean, it's a 30-minute show. They There's always some fun little Easter eggs that they throw in there about Star Trek. Um, you know, I think it's a great entry point, too, uh, for people that maybe aren't uh, Star Trek fans to kind of show them it. It's really funny. It kind of doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, we'll also get the first half of season two of Prodigy, which um, I've been impressed with as well. Um, that's one. There's there's already been kind of discussion. Are they only going to do um, this additional season two? 
who knows? We'll, we'll see. But I think what Prodigy has enabled the Star Trek franchise to do is they've been – it's given them an opening um, to getting kids to watch Star Trek. And if this is the last season of Prodigy, then I think you can you, – you know you can create a show aimed at kids that gives them an entry point to the Star Trek franchise. So, and then uh, big news that came out, uh, I can't remember what it came out, but uh, Discovery Season 5, which will not premiere till next year, this will be the last season of Discovery. Um, I have to be honest, you know, Discovery, I've kind of had a love-hate relationship with it. Um, you know, there, I really enjoyed Season, Seasons 1 and 2, I really, really enjoyed. I thought that you had some really top quality episodes um, you know, then they, they basically jumped a thousand years into the future. I thought season three left a lot of meat on the bone. I thought there was, it was an interesting concept. This whole idea of the burn and the Federation is basically no more. I thought you could have done a lot more with that. I think the problem that discovery has had, especially the last three seasons. Yes. I like season two, but seasons two, three, and four, you have followed the basic formula of there's a threat to the galaxy and it's up to the discovery to save it. And I, I think that really hurt the show. I think you could have gone in uh, other directions. I think season three, you could have still done the burn storyline. Um, and then season four, you could have done a we're rebuilding the Federation type. You could even turn it more into an episodic type show, season four, where the whole overarching theme of season four could have been we're rebuilding the federation instead you went with well there's another threat to there's now this weird you know i can't even remember it was like a they called it something weird it was anomaly attacking things blah 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 i i, I just think that they didn't change the show enough they kept going to the same well over and over and over again and it's a shame because i think there are some really good characters on discovery um like saru i i really enjoy uh the saru character you know tilly i enjoy her as a character as well um now the good news for some of those characters is they have announced there is going to be a star trek starfleet academy series this has been a show that's been rumored, I mean, for decades now. You know, going all the way back to the 80s, there was, you know, a plan in place that this was going to be a movie showing the first years of Kirk and Spock. There were rumors in the 90s that they were going to develop a Starfleet Academy series, never came to fruition. Um, so it's it's coming, and it is. it looks like it's going to be in that Discovery era, I think what they need to be careful of is, you know, and, and I'm already a little bit got some flags, red flags raised here because the kind of release, news release, um, talked about that they're going to have to confront a threat that they never thought they would have to confront or something. And I, I just think you need to be careful. Don't fall into the discovery trap where it's up to this Starfleet Academy people to save the day and save the galaxy. Uh, you know, I, I hope they don't go that direction. It'll bear watching to see see what they do. Um, but um, that so you, you're I think you're going to potentially see some of the Discovery characters 
make their way to this new show. Um, and we also got an announcement of a Star Trek Section 31, um, which that was supposed to be a TV show. Strange New Worlds replaced it. It's going to actually be a movie now. And I, I think this is a really good route to take with this subject. Um, you're getting Michelle Yell back into the Star Trek universe. Oscar-winning actress Michelle Yell. But I also think this is a really good um, route to take where you could do some original Paramount Plus movies that are Star Trek. Um, you know, the, the actual feature film Star Trek stuff has just been a mess. But I think you can take stories like the Michelle Yao Section 31 story or others and make these like Paramount Plus movie, original movies and expand the Star Trek universe even further. Um, now, you could you do more than one Section 31 movie? Yeah, absolutely. But could you take other stuff and turn that into some sort of um, Paramount Plus original movie? Uh, I think you certainly can. So I think the bottom line is, um, you know, there were a lot of people freaking out when the announcement came that Discovery was being canceled. Um, obviously, you know, we're, we're in a very different world with streaming than we were, you know, several years ago and where a lot of these streaming companies are starting to cut cut back on costs. Um, and so there was some worry that this is going to affect Star Trek in a negative way. I think they have a plan. And I think one of the things that they're really attempting to do is they're attempting not to oversaturate the market with Star Trek. Um, you know, you've got Discovery going off the air. You've got this Starfleet Academy show coming on. Picard is now off the air. I do think you will see some sort of show replace Picard. Um, and they're not all on, on, all on at the same time either, which I think is very helpful. And so you end up with um, – and they're all very different types of shows as well. And so I think the bottom line, I think the state of Star Trek is is pretty strong right now. Um, I think there's, there's a lot of interesting developments here. And I think the biggest – one of the big question marks I have – is are we ever going to see another feature film made? Um, I think certainly it would be a shame if if I think you will eventually see one. I you know I, I think th probably they're going to have to start fresh with new cast. I don't see another Chris Pine, J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie being made. I think kind of the the time has passed on that, um, and so. I think the big question is what route do you go? Do you um, – I really would be pro having a brand new story, brand new characters in a Star Trek movie. I think you could also go the route, and this was something that was talked about when it premiered, is having a Prodigy movie. I think that, that would be something and that would be another um, new um, stream that you've never been in as uh, promoting a kid's Star Trek feature film. So – but I think bottom line, the Star Trek universe, Star Trek franchise is in good shape. Um, I think Picard really did fantastic to energize the fan base. And I think Strange New Worlds is going to continue the momentum. So I hope everybody has a great weekend. And like I said, um, I'm going to be recording a normal episode of The Chris Carpenter Show. And uh, I will do that Sunday after the – actually, I may do it. 
So we just got news that uh, Tech is having a doubleheader tomorrow, and there's no game Sunday. I may do it actually earlier Sunday afternoon than I intended to, but you'll just have to watch your feeds um, and see what happens. So hope everybody has a great weekend, and I will see you next time on The Chris Carpenter Show.